Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Tea Talks with Kuro. We get to listen to some pretty good book reviews while also learning more about one of the most famous beverages in the world, tea. I'm your host, X Kuro, and today we will be dealing with the Crescent City series, which, spoiler alert for a part of Tons and Roses fans, links up at the end of book two with Farrah and Reese. To go along with this very hyped up series is an equally popular drink that I, ironically, haven't tried yet, matcha. Now, matcha is a green tea, but what makes it different is the way it's grown. Farmers usually cover the crops 20 to 30 days before it's harvested to avoid direct sunlight. This gives the plant a deeper green colour and also increases chlorophyll production and the amino acid content of the plant. After harvesting, the veins and stems are removed and the leaves are then ground into that fine powder that we call matcha. Matcha has been proven to improve memory and reaction time as well as promoting cardiac health and weight loss. So while it's tasty, it's also really good for you. So I guess students know what they're doing when they drink tons of it. Now let's meet Sarah J. Mass's newest badass heroine, Bryce. So for those of you who don't know the Crescent City series, currently has two books. The first book, A House of Earth and Blood, and the second book, A House of Sky and Breath, which came out this year, if I'm not mistaken. Now, there are, she does have more books planned, but um, for those of you who also made the mistake of reading this incomplete series and are currently at a cliffhanger, I'm there with you, don't worry. But she really left us on... Um, a really big cliffhanger in um, A House of Sky and Bread, but more on that later. So if you do not want any spoilers, um, either for A Court of Thorns and Roses at the end, or for Crescent City, don't listen to this, obviously. Um, I tend to go pretty in-depth with my explanations in these episodes. Now, Bryce is a half-human, half-fae girl. She has red hair and she has a very wild party spirit. The first couple of chapters of um, A House of Lick and Blood actually um, show her and her friends Juniper, Fury and Danica just partying the hell away. Um, they're actually at a club, any drug you heard of, Bryce has probably done it. She drinks, she parties, um, probably a lot more than should be healthy for a human. But then again, a girl's happy. Now, mo- uh, at the beginning of the book, you're going to see different houses. Um, a house of sky and bread, a house of uh, one putting into water, um, a house of shadow, one bone or something to that extent. But basically, they're different houses. And they're ex- going to explain what kind of creatures belong to what type of houses. And I think it's a really cool um, structure, really cool hierarchy. And this entire world is governed by these uh, angelic creatures called the Asteri, Asteri, however you want to pronounce it. So there were originally, um, I believe there were originally six. No, there were originally seven and one died. So it's Regellus, Polaris, um, Octatus, Hesperus, Osphorus, and Ostros. And the one that died was Sirius. I think it was a girl, though. Now, these uh, 
asteroid they're all powerful uh, they're all knowing at least that's what we think um in the first book and in the second book you get a nasty surprise but more on that later as i said so i'm gonna review both of those books right now because um i think that the explanation would tie in better if i just you know smoothly go transition from the first book to the second book it makes more sense and it would leave you um like it'll leave you it'll kind of take the edge of the cliffhanger of the second book now Bryce is our main protagonist. Um, Juniper, her friend, is a fawn. So basically, she uh, has deer, deer legs. Her bottom half is a deer. Fury is an assassin. She is, she has a license to kill in almost every country in their world. I think that's badass. I, I loved Fury from the moment I met her. And you have Danica, who is this... Um, kind of this enforcer-like figure. So she's head of this wolf pack in in the city and she's very respected. Um, She's heralded as a very great legacy. She's heralded as one of the greatest um, werewolves in her time and they think that she'll make a very good prime. Her mother and her um, at each other's throats most of the time they don't get along because her mother thinks Danica, um, Danica will uh, kind of take over her position because when her, when the Prime dies, Danica's mother is next in line. So we have a bit of tension there. And, and then we get to meet Rune, I think that's how you pronounce it, who is um, Bryce, Bryce's brother. Fully fair to... Um, the autumn court and you get to explore more on their relationship i think i love their that their um, dynamic it's cute uh, so like that rune gets his own little slice of happiness in book two at some point um spoiler alert that this poor boy he is also a party animal and he has this looming prophecy that the sphinx i believe um, gave him when he was just a little boy that the his line would end with him not foreboding at all for a little boy to hear right so he's been that's why he's been living his life of as if there's no tomorrow he's been doing everything in his power to live life to the fullest um then we also have Ethan who comes to play a major role later on, I think after the first couple, like, 50 pages or so. Uh, He is Connor's brother. Connor, I believe, is Danica's second-in-command for their little enforcer pack. And we see uh, during this time, Bryce actually goes out to party. Uh, Connor's interested in Bryce uh, in a romantic relationship, but they... Just that exact same night, they agreed to give it a go. Bryce comes home from partying with Fury and Juniper, I believe. And she enters her apartment. She shares with um, Danica and that uh, Danica's pack sometimes uh, inhabits for movie nights or whatnot. She ends up stumbling across a complete massacre. Danica and the pack have been killed. Bryce is still high, half drunk, and then she finds this monster 
that um, kill them and she chases them. Like, I, I give that girl so much respect for that. She's half out of it and she just knows that this thing killed my friend, so I'm going to kill it. And she runs across the, ch- the city chasing it, half delirious with whatever she snorted or drank. And she ends up actually saving the archangel responsible for her city, Michael. Now, the Asteri are like the top dogs and they assign arch- um, archangels to different sectors. And then these archangels further divide these sectors sometimes so that different um, ruling factions can have a territory. So in Crescent City, we have the Bone Quarter, we have uh, the Viper Queen. The Bone Quarter, I believe, is ruled by uh, this King of the Dead, for lack of better words. We have this um, flesh market kind of vibe going on here with the Viper Queen. Um, It's kind of like their version of a black market. And it's totally under the control of the Viper Queen and stuff like that. So it was really interesting to explore. There's a map. Who doesn't love a book with a map? But yeah, so Bryce, um, half high, half drunk, she ends up uh, slaying this creature and she uh, ironically saves Michael's life. And then you go on, it's a flash forward. You see how she's trying to cope with the loss of her friend. Danica was Bryce's best friend. Um, yeah, she had Fury and Juniper, but she and Danica were very, very close. And then you get to see that uh, this illicit substance called Synth, I believe it is. So it's on the market and it's basically just causing um, both human and supernatural alike to get this insane burst of power and then they end up like... Ex- they combust on themselves, their blood vessels explode, etc, etc. They lose themselves completely. They, they tear apart anything around them, they tear apart themselves. Absolutely horrible um, drug. And she works together with one of the fallen angels on um, Michael's team, Hunt. Now, Hunt and Bryce do eventually end up together, but let me tell you when i tell you it's a slow burn even when even in book two you um it's only in book two that they actually you know act on that chemistry the majority of book one is them at each other's truths it's beautiful i love it and you also get to learn further along in book two um rune you meet his friends who are all minor major nobility in the autumn court you meet um, the fae that fathered Bryce and Rune. He's absolutely, utterly crap. He's just crap. Honestly, he's shit. But um, it's really funny that uh, in this meeting of the different um, arch- archangels and the different um, rulers there, you actually see that they um they meet each other and at that point sometime Bryce goes through what's known as a drop. Now basically that means that anybody that's uh, not human or has non-human blood 
at a certain age they can take uh, they can choose to take what we call a drop and basically they need somebody to act as an anchor to their real world and their soul goes as close to that as possible and when they rise back up that's why they need the anchor then they um attain immortality now there's a at this, this point um there's a war the asteroids are trying to destroy crescent city um to get rid of the drug and to get rid of um i think it was uh to get rid of the demons that were currently coming through the gates and bryce makes that drop with a sliver of the nickel spirit acting as her anchor and when she comes back her immortality well her power rating is just a little smidge over the autumn kings and now he's worried that she's gonna act on that because uh usually in this uh setting power dictates rules and currently his daughter his half-fae daughter is more powerful than him we'd love to see it uh you also get to see that Danica wasn't very um she wasn't who she appeared to be you find out that she actually stole the horn, which was this fate relic that had a lot of power. And she actually ended up grinding it into this dust and on one of their drunken nights out, she had it inked onto Bryce's bra- um, back. So Bryce essentially became the horn and this was only found out before her drop prior when it was revealed Michael was behind Danica's death. And Bryce had vowed that when she found whoever slaughtered her pack, her friend, her friends, that she would do the exact same thing to them. And we also meet um, Lehaba, I believe her name is, a very feisty, very wonderful fire spirit who Bryce um, buys her contract from and sets her free because... Uh, fire spirits were part of the house that sided with the uh, army of the fallen um i believe it was headed by sariel and when they fell they lost their right to being their own they lost the right to uh, be keepers of their own selves so they were enslaved so lehaba was in contract to uh the this owner of this library bryce ends up working at and she bought her, the fire spirits contract and Lehaba's first and last act as a free uh, person, a free spirit, was to sacrifice herself to give Bryce some time to get away from Michael. And this was broadcasted to all the um, different rulers of the different houses, the different archangels. And it was just, it, it was very, very emotional and I wouldn't blame you if you shed a tear, honestly. But it was very well written. And then Bryce just, she I think she snapped. She ends up getting this god slayer, this weapon here. She ends up, she does end up killing um Michael, reducing him to cinders. And then very calmly vacuuming it all up and just getting rid of him entirely. Which I think was a badass move. And closer down to the end of the book, you actually see that um, the Asteri, they recognize her power, they recognize she could be a threat, and they kind of threaten her and hunt. Um, at that point, they actually finally get together at the end. 
But it's not all sunshine and roses. We jump into from a house of blood and earth to a house of sky and breath. And you get to learn more about the army of the fallen. Um, who was there, how exactly the spoils of war was split because everybody in the army of the fallen was kind of assigned to um, different archangels from the winning side. Now, we also see that Michael has been replaced with Celestina, I believe. Or C- Celeste something, Celestina, Celestia, something to that extent. Um, so she's Michael's um, successor. And she's very different from the usual archangels. And we see later that's because she is actually in a secret relationship with Hypaxia, who um, is this witch queen. Very badass. She's a healer. She can also fight. Very, very badass. And you also learn that Hypaxia has a half-sister, um, Lydia Sivos, who's... Alias is the hind, this very, very cruel woman um, who later, as it turns out, is actually um, a spy. And she's a spy for this organization that's trying to um, get, trying to not let humans be so undermined, I believe, by uh, all these different powers that be in their world. So it's a lot of crisscrossing plots and ulterior, um, alter, ulterior motives. You also get to meet Cormac. Cormac is Rune's cousin, so he's also Bryce's cousin. And then in a bid to try and wrangle Bryce on to, under his thumb, the King of the Autumn Court announces that Bryce is um, intended to uh, wed Cormac. And it's really entertaining because when Bryce finds that out, she's obviously like, I'm not going to do that. And in true Bryce fashion, uh, for one of these masquerade balls, she comes with Hans on her arm and Cormac behind her and then very casually announces with the archangels present as her witness that um, they're together, they're going to get married or something like that, something to that extent. But... Just to be clear, Bryce is a very badass character. You also get to meet Tarion. He's the Tarion. He's the spymaster for the Murcourt. Very very cool dude. Um, you really sympathize with his whole dilemma that he once played around with. Um, so the queen there, her daughter. He once played around with the daughter, and now he's kind of uh betrothed to her. As, and he doesn't want to be there he kind of feel he feels very um trapped for lack of better words and then you see uh, at some point in the book he pledges himself to the viper queen to get out that's how bad it was for him because he ended up moving against his uh queen and if he had returned to uh the will be Lodi, to the uh will be Lodi sea he would have died because his queen is very cruel, very callous. She is one of the oldest rulers, I believe, in that whole setting. So, again, it's, it, there's a lot of suspense, a lot of action. Um, also in book one, Hunt, you find out that he, uh, he, he and Bryce have a falling out. 
just before all of that. It was painful to read. I'll leave it for you to find out. And then again, coming closer up to the end of um, A House of Sky and Breath, the asteri- the asteri I end up having, um, I believe it was Rune and Bryce and Hunt, and I think Cormac was, no, Cormac wasn't there. Um, they were all there in front of the asteri, and at that point, uh, Bryce already told them what she found, that the asteri aren't gods, they aren't angels, they actually are parasites from another plane, and they basically invade other planes. She found evidence of that in their archives. They invade other planes of existence and basically absorb the souls from that planet until they were wiped out. So they are parasitic race. Um, basically, it's kind of like, think of like the um, multiverse in Marvel, but I, I, it's just so much better in my opinion. Um, so yeah, the same concept. Um, different way of executing it, and you actually get to find out that the diff. Uh, well, I'm guess I'm guessing that her uh team here is that uh she all the wills that she created, the will for Throne of Glass, the will for a Court of Thorns and Roses, and the will for Crescent City. They're all basically um descendants. They're all related kind of way. They all descended from the same block of fae, and they just um evolved differently. I believe because uh. And when the asteroid go to try and destroy them, uh, Hans and Rune work together to get Bryce through this through a portal, and she was her initial um their initial destination for her was hell, so that she could help rally the demons to kind of throw out the asteroid because the demons were aware and um they have this history that kind of showcased where the demons tried to help the fae that had come to the world to try and kick out the asteroid because the, the demons recognized they were a parasitic race. But instead of going to hell, she, Bryce ends up in um, the night court. She meets and there she, it ends where Reese introduces himself. And that that was the only reason actually that I recognized where she was because you're just he- seeing these um descriptions and you're like, but wait, I read this already. Well, if you read A Court of Thorns and Roses already, like wait, this description sounds similar. And then he introduces himself like, hi, I'm such and such, Lord of the Night Court, and I'm just like, ah, wow, okay. And then you get le- you are left feeling empty, and untheatered as you wait for the third book that is not written as it so um yeah that was basically crescent city in a nutshell loved it bryce is amazing hunt is amazing we all love rune tarion is a mood hypoxia is iconic um i love the fact that uh oh and you also get to uh, rune also gets some happiness like i said uh he, you actually see him and uh, Lydia end up uh, getting some sort of happiness, though he is very shocked and uh, kind of hurt when he finds out her actual identity. So I'm looking forward to see how they work through that. I am also very much looking forward to seeing how 
Bryce kind of rallies all those different courts to come fight on her behalf. Because let's face it, Fira isn't gonna. Fira and Bryce will bond, and she isn't gonna leave the girl without any help. So they should rally and fight because the asteroid could come for their world next, and then they have little Nicks to think about. So yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So my advice to you, if you've read Throne of Glass and you and you've read um, A Court of Thorns and Roses, and you want and you need something like you need some kind of justification to start Crescent City, there's a crossover with A Court of Thorns and Roses. So. There's your justification, there's your encouragement. I recommend you read it. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. Um, so if you liked this episode and you kind of want to check out more, you can uh, find me at Tea Talks with Kudo. You can find this episode and all the rest on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, as well as the Acast platform. So that will be all for now um thank you for listening and i'll see you next time